TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Yeah, it's definitely not sunshine and rainbows. But I think in general, as parents in this community of life, this village that we all raise our kids in together, we could do a lot better at encouraging working moms and stay-at-home moms and part-time moms and working dads and stay-at-home dads, encouraging us all to just be real and recognize that it's okay to choose your path and it's okay to thrive in it and, and be, it's okay to suck at it. And be unapologetic about the path you're trying to walk as best you can because that's what we're all doing. I'm Lauren. And I'm Scott. And we're the Reedies. That's right. Reedy spelled ready. It's a pun. One I've heard my entire life. So much so that we've decided to make it a thing. Ready, ready or, or not. not. On this podcast, we'll share our journey to becoming adoptive parents while also running a business together. It may not be easy, but you can bet we're ready or not. Hello, and welcome to episode six of Ready or Not, a podcast about growing your family and your business. Recorded inside our closet studio in Midtown Memphis, Tennessee. For regular listeners, you notice we flipped the intro. Getting oh, crazy up in here. Getting crazy up in here, and not really super crazy because <laughs> Max is asleep again, and we're back at it. Today, we are talking about stretching and growing. Like literally and physically. <laughs> But really, it's going to be an interesting conversation about growing our identity and stretching our brains. Yes, and stretching all kinds of abilities with Max in our life. As always, we claim to not be experts, but we hope that sharing our story and talking about these issues and topics might inspire others to begin the conversations with their spouses or partners or friends and family. And if anything, just provide about 30 minutes of entertainment on your morning commute or your evening commute. Or any other time. All right. Well, hey, first off, happy Ash Wednesday. Yes, Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent. 40 days in the desert. Yes. Purple's my favorite color, though, so that's neat. And uh, unplanned when we decide on this episode, but we actually talk about another religious holiday. Yes, that's a teaser. It's the opposite of Lent. It is the opposite of Lent. Okay, well, so that's good. But are you giving anything up this year, Scott? Uh, I don't usually give stuff up for Lent. No, you don't. It's not something I do. I don't know. Because you don't like to be like me and fail at the thing you gave up. I guess. Well, I, I'll be honest with you. It came a little soon, so I am, I am unprepared. By it's today's the first day. I guess is the first day to start. Isn't the whole thing about preparation? Shouldn't you be unprepared when you enter the season of preparation? I suppose it is a season about preparation, so it's fitting that we're talking about stretching and growing, right? Okay, enough about Lent. Let's talk about today's episode, Stretching and Growing. We're going to dive right into the first piece and talk about our identities, Stretching and Growing with a Baby. Let's get started. December 10th, 2018, approximately 10.30 a.m. Big day. Big day in the Reedy household. That's the day we went before a judge, as you heard in our previous podcasts, and Max became Max Reedy. Forever. He was forever Reedy. Not to be confused <laughs> with forever ready. Of course you went there. I know, it's a pun. Um, so that was the, the first day that it officially became legal that we were Max's parents. But um, Yeah, before that we were legal guardians, and after that day it was so ordered and signed by the judge that he is 
as much our son as a biological in the eyes of the law. In the eyes of the law. But in our hearts, he was ours from the moment we met him, which was May 25th, 2018. But it marked the end of all of the uh, home study stuff um, because we did have Marlene come visit us a couple times during the interim period between when we got back from California and December 10th. But December 10th, the lawyer, Marlene, us, parents... Friends. Staff members. <laughs> Thanks to the Forever Ready staff for photographing that day. Yep. they all. We all came. We went and uh, we finalized that thing. We came. We saw. We conquered. Max was cute as ever. He had a bow tie on and some shoes that lasted about an hour. And he was asleep in court. He was asleep in court. He fell asleep on my shoulder. We had to hand him off like sleeping from one to the other as each of us took the stand. And he looked terrified of the judge. Which is probably an okay thing. (laughs) Don't want to wind up back in there, buddy. Yes, and you saw this judge go from like super duper stoic, direct, very serious to... You want to take a picture with me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was as jovial as he got. (laughs) And we were like, yeah, cool. And so we took a picture. Uh, But the thing about from May 25th to December 10th and even to now is we've talked a lot about our identities and stretching and growing in the process, both both identity and, and our brain capacity. <laughs> um, and I want to throw it back to us just a couple of days in when we were still in California. This was on June 4th. You want to set the scene for where we were at and what we were doing? We were we had left the town where Max was born a short bit away, maybe a half hour, uh, and staying at an Airbnb. And Lauren's best friend had come to town and left. And Max had been to two national parks, and he was just a few days old. Was that Sequoia National Park? Sequoia and and Yosemite. And Yosemite, yep. Driving all over California with a baby in the back. Try, ready or not, I suppose. Yeah. So we're sitting at at the kitchen table at our Airbnb, and we decided to have a conversation about our thoughts and where our heads were at. And I think this is really beautiful to look back because it still holds true to today. and send a couple emails and you know use that part of your brain yeah and use that part of my brain and keep that stuff going so and I think one of the things that Scott and I have talked about in this whole process that gets lost in some of the um some of the I don't know the the talk about having a baby and the talk about adopting well really not even adopting just the, the talk about growing your family is that you can lose your identity in some of this and um I had one friend say, no, you don't lose your identity, Lauren. It just changes. It molds. It grows. It, and you're better at work and you're a better wife or, or spouse. Um, and so we've been very intentional as we do this process, as quickly and crazy as it is, to also be okay with checking in at work and checking mm-hmm. in on projects. And Because we both like what we do and yeah. we want to pass along that same kind of idea to our son when he's old enough to understand. Well, and I think it's it's allowing ourselves, we talk about this too, is allowing ourselves to, to experience the change um, and not just instantly cut from being working career-oriented, whatever people, to you know growing this business to all of a sudden being only parents and doing those things. I feel like we would do ourselves a disservice if we just instantly made this cut. Now, it has shifted greatly. Greatly. But going back to it and then, you know, I think going back to it and realizing, you know, some of the things that are big deals Will probably not seem like big deals anymore. Oh yeah. Um, in comparison to him and this whole thing that we're, we're going through, but um, well, you just look at him and suddenly everything changes. Yeah. And boy, did things change significantly. And again, that was us from June fourth, twenty eighteen. 
in an Airbnb in California with Max just a week or so in to having him. Crazy to look back and listen to. I suppose we're not looking. We're listening back. I've always said <laughs> and where our heads were at. I still think that uh, we have that discussion constantly about our identity and work and how family and a baby play into all of that. Would yeah. you say? It's and a it, continued conversation, but we still go back to that very root of what we said there. Yeah, and I, at one point my dad um, was the one who said, you know, you're stretching your abilities as we were adjusting to Max in our lives and getting, you know, back into the blend of work that we had always done plus a baby. And for me personally, I really felt like, and I feel like all parents will relate to this in some way, but I felt like this whole track of my brain that used to, um, keep track of the random stuff, the stuff around the house, the bills, the um, stuff that wasn't at the forefront but would just like trigger reminders was suddenly like gone at first because all of that brain power was going going to what's Max doing? What's got to be done for Max next? Does he got to eat? Does he be changed? Was he going to daycare? Is he breathing? <laughs> is he breathing? Is he still alive? I checked so many nights. <laughs> He's been really quiet. Oh, he slept a five-hour stretch. Are we okay? Yeah. And so, and I think now being, you know, nine months in, nine plus months in, um, I have felt the stretch of being able to manage more of what I used to be able, my, the, the personal or the professional personal workload in addition to the max brain power that's always there too i think we can thank daycare for that yes certainly does help a couple of hours a week that we feel like we're we're using our brains again so i gotta ask you how does it feel to be a dad it's great it's great um i can't really describe it um but i'll try (laughs) i believe in you scott the man of few words but when he speaks I love being a dad. I think it's amazing to see Max grow um, and to see him look at us and know that he's safe when he is fearful. Um, he looks to us to know how to react to things. I think that's been one of his one of the first things he ever did where I like really realized it is loud noises. Is he didn't he wouldn't cry. He would look at us, look for our reaction, and he w- and so the first couple times we screwed that up and we were like, oh, this is surprising, and he would scream. And be like, ah, I'm scared too. And he would cry. But once we figured that out, that he would always look to us first, you know, we would hear a loud noise like fireworks or loud clapping. And he was always clapping in church early on. (laughs) Yeah. He would, and he would look to us and we would smile at him and then he would smile too. Um, And just that level of interaction and impact and seeing his, how much he has grown. um, You know, he's crawling now, he's standing up on stuff. He's like, you can see things working through his brain. Um, and then my favorite thing that Max has done since um, the day he was born is his smile. And that boy's smile, mm-hmm. um, it, I've said it, I don't remember if I've said it on the podcast before or not, but I've said it another, to almost everybody. I'm one of those dads at this on this one. <laughs> but um, my favorite thing about Max is his smile to other people, especially people who are not necessarily comfortable around babies, who uh, when they come up to him, they're like, oh, Max, and he just instantly smiles that's like his first reaction is smiling at people even when they're unsure and to see that lighten their mood and open them up a little bit is just incredible so how has being a dad impacted your identity uh it's like 75 percent of what i think about now is max and when i'm when we're at parties and hanging out with friends that's that's what i go to i have to like actively avoid talking about max the whole time and the new stuff he's doing and what he's doing. But that doesn't mean you don't like talking about things that aren't Max, right? That's absolutely true. 
Um, it's just we I think there's an important distinction there. Yeah. Be- between the two, it's, you talk a lot about him, you think a lot about him, but you still have. Do you still have an identity outside of Matt? I absolutely do. And and how has it impacted your career then too? I think that's actually one thing that I think has been um, very good and unexpected is I feel like I have more of a connection to my coworkers than I did before because they're all um, a little bit older than me uh, and their then their kids are grown up quite a bit older than Max and I do have another another teammate who just had a baby too so I kind of connect with him on that level too if we both have. New babies. You both have lost a lot of sleep. And so, yeah. And then so, and then the rest of my team, you know, they had kids and I was the guy who didn't have kids. Um, but now that I have one, it's an interesting connection with other people too. It's so interesting the difference of that uh, for a man versus a woman. Because I certainly think that from a career standpoint, having a, a child, however you have the child, for a woman can be make you more relatable, like you just said, you know. When you're in a meeting and yeah. people talk about their kids in whatever way they talk about them, you can now say, oh, yeah, me too, or that's a great idea, or I have no idea what you're talking about. That's not what my kid does. But <laughs> on the flip side of that, I think for me, uh, being a woman that has a kid, and I don't want to say in the South, but I'm just going to say in the South because we're in, we're in the mid-South, I've also found um, from a career standpoint that some people, when approaching me about doing business, say things like, well, I don't know if you got your, you know, you got Max handled yet and you can take on this work. So I just thought I'd reach out. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten emails, you know, people questioning whether or not our business could grow because uh, we had a kid. You never got any of those. I definitely did not. So I'm just bringing that up because I think it's really interesting from a career perspective, how different it is for the dad versus the mom. And I didn't even carry the child. You know, I didn't have nine months to be pregnant where people could you know, tell me to sit down or slow down or I couldn't do that because I was pregnant. So I just all of a sudden had a kid. But even then, like even as early as January, I had somebody contact me and say, hey, not sure if you're too busy with Max, but I wanted to talk to you about a project. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm really busy with Max, but I also have a career (laughs) (laughs) and a business and And we're continuing to grow it. That's growing. And so it's that's an interesting distinction. That is an interesting because I it's like almost I am more relatable to my um, and, and more respected might be too strong of a word, but more respected in my career and my with my peer group at work and you almost feel with your um just society i wouldn't say my peer group in fact a lot of the people who super totally care about me and vice versa don't feel that way but just perception between like to a random stranger on the street Mm. perception for a dad being a new dad and a mom being a new mom yeah i I feel like i'm treated as more of an adult now yeah and i'm treated (laughs) like i can't function i'm all grown up and i can't apparently because we have a kid and so it's just that's been really interesting for for me to experience so now the question to you how do you feel about being a mom it's so much more fun than i thought it would be (laughs) explain that (laughs) you told me that but i know i know it's i'm having a blast like we rolled on the floor with max for like two hours tonight it was a really good workout by the way but um you know, before kids, I, I felt like a lot of my mom friends <laughs> only told me the bad stuff. Like, you know, you and I, Scott, would go out on a date a lot. We dated a lot when we were married before Max. Yeah. We went out quite a bit. We went to concerts and festivals and happy hours. And my mom friends would be like, enjoy it while it lasts, as if your life ends when you become a mother. And it certainly changed and stretched 
as your dad put so well. We have stretched. We do not go out as much as we used to, but we still go out. Well, we make it a priority, and, and that and I we think still that was, date. I think that was something, and you know, to some degree. Um, from what we were told, we knew we had to make it a priority if we wanted to make it happen. Right. But I just felt I'm so glad that that is possible. And, you know, it's it's hard some weeks or months. We try to go on a date once a month. that's like going to get dressed up and look super cute for you. We still do other stuff. We do other stuff, but we like intentionally. Like a proper, proper date. A proper date where I like put on heels, <laughs> which is rare. Do you put on heels? I did last time. <laughs> and then I took them off. Lauren the does we got not to the wear heels I don't, ever. But, but um. No, to, so to get back to your original question, what's it like to be a mom? It's so fun. And Max is, like you said, his smile is contagious. And, you know, he hasn't quite said mama. He, like, sort of makes sounds that I say are mama. But um, the the first time he actually says it, and it's pretty clear, and he repeats it, I'm just going to melt because I watch him say dada to you, and I melt. I think he's just, I think he can do it, and he's just holding out for, like, when he gets in trouble at school for the first time or something. Yeah, he wants to guilt mom. I get it. You're right. Yeah. He's probably smarter than we realize. It's also really fun for me. It's hard, but it's fun for me to be a working mom, to be a business owner, to have the entrepreneurial spirit <laughs> and get to come home, at, let's face it, more often at six than five, <laughs> even though I control my own schedule, to get to come home at six uh, to you and Max, and not not that you don't work, but you often do pick up. Um, sure. Or we'll rewind. You often come home and start dinner while <laughs> yeah. I go pick up Max, and yeah. so I because I to, do the, I do the morning side, so I get up yeah. and do that. You do the so morning so that I can work out, which is really sweet and awesome. And then um, I do the evening so that you can come home and hopefully relax a little bit and and do some start dinner before Max and I get home. But I love coming home. Like my nights are so much different and I don't I wouldn't trade them I feel like it's been very empowering for you to realize that you can be working and mom at the same time yeah and to still be growing the company um, we're hiring more people growing. Um, not not to replace but to, to grow, grow to grow um, and so and on. to still feel fulfilled um, outside of the family and and inside like to feel fulfilled at work and then come home and get even more fulfilled. Yeah, someone told us years ago it was um you have you have two things you look forward to every day. You look forward to going into work and you look forward to coming home to your kid. Yeah, no I, I just just to like say that it's not always that way. There are some days where it is so hard and I feel like I fail at all of it. I fail at being a mom, I fail at being a wife, I fail at being a business owner and a boss. And I just want to like start over. In fact, <laughs> last week I said I walked into the office and I said to our employees and everyone that was at at the office, I wish I could just go back to bed and wake up again and like start the day over because I I just felt like I hadn't done it all. But I think I'm too hard on myself. You probably are too hard on yourself. You always have been. <laughs> not always. See, for me, every day is perfect. So yeah, every that's day just, is just that's whatever. just what it is. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, I I have the same things. Is there are days and there are times when he is um he does it less now as he's gotten older he seems to be able to communicate more crawling has given him an immense amount of confidence um and he doesn't panic as much but when he would just like anything i would do he would like scream in my ear it would just try my patience like you wouldn't believe which and is I'm, saying something for a patient guy like yourself yeah and i was like i'd be trying to make dinner while he's there and he's just needing everything and um it just you know it, it's just hard in those moments yeah, it's definitely not sunshine and rainbows. But I think in general, 
as parents in this community of life, this village that we all raise our kids in together, we could do a lot better at encouraging working moms and stay-at-home moms and part-time moms and working dads and stay-at-home dads, encouraging us all to just be real and recognize that it's okay to choose your path and it's okay to thrive in it and, and be, it's okay to suck at it. And be unapologetic about the path you're trying to walk as best you can because that's what we're all doing. And we're just making it up as we go along. <laughs> I mean, literally. It's like, oh, that worked yesterday. Yeah. But I do feel like we're getting in a groove, which means it's about to change. Oh, yeah. That's what they say. I always am trying new theories on Max of what I can do to make something work. He, like he's like, well, tonight even he wasn't eating. He just wanted to wiggle. And so I put him so in. So you let him wiggle. I, I put him in bed and I let him wiggle for about five minutes. And I picked him back up and fed him. He ate the whole bottle. And I'm like, win, dad win. Dad win. And we started dad recording today. the podcast. And I think now's a good time to take a quick break, hear from our sponsors. So we'll be right back. Have you noticed how small businesses and nonprofits are posting videos on social media these days? Every day, thousands of them are sharing video content. But did you know you don't have to spend a fortune to invest in video for your brand? Forever Ready Productions is here to help you out. We make your work stand out while telling your story, but most importantly, getting it done in time to have an impact. For more information, visit foreverreadyllc.com. Hello and welcome back. Ready or not, episode six, stretching and growing. Thanks for listening this far in. Yes, and as we were talking about in the first part, growing our family and stretching our abilities to you know, handle all of our life and Max and all of that stuff. You know, we're both really goal-oriented people, uh, writing down our goals every year, revisiting them about once a quarter. I think it's also really interesting when you set goals with a new perspective with your children in mind, right? Like we've talked about retirement and that has shifted from what we used to think about and, um, you know, yeah, think about how, how how Max fix it fits into all that, and um, and then I think inevitably, as always happens, people start asking, "Well, you have Max, so what's next? What does your future hold? What does the future hold? And what hint, hint, nudge, nudge? Am I going to know anything? No, I'm not going to say anything. We haven't really decided. <laughs> that was a teaser that I was just building up to. So, what does the future hold? Realistically, I think you can't really uh, predict the future until you look at the past. So, we're going to throw it back here. Throw it back again to June 4th of us sitting at the kitchen table in our Airbnb and talking about something that happened to us in California that connects us to our past and I think will forever connect us as we move forward. Sunday, Max went to his first ever mass. Corpus Christi was the celebration. Yep, the Feast of Corpus Christi. And in this predominantly Hispanic area, it is quite a festival. There was a big procession down the street. There were roads blocked off. We had to like drive around this whole parade route to try to figure out how to get to the church parking lot. In fact, I was a little anxious. I was like, maybe we should go somewhere else. And Michaela actually said, no, 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 we're here. Let's just do it. Yeah. And the... What was the name of the church? um, St. Aloysius. Aloysius. And they, the girls, all the girls, like high school age and younger were in gowns, like hoop gowns really super formal the guys were in vests and nice shirts and it was just this whole thing there was there was a, a queen and her attendant a junior queen and her attendants and a senior queen and her attendants and it was this whole pomp and circumstance around a mass and it so it was a really crazy cool... but so then okay so we were i was anxious I, i've been finding 
that I have some anxiety that I've never had before with this other human in our lives. And so I was anxious at mass because I was like, he's only a week old and these, these people are everywhere and there's like coughing. And so I, I could barely focus, but, um, the message at mass was very cool and kind of like universal about, about, um, how, when you leave church, you, you embody what you just experienced and you have to go out and live that in the world. And then Scott pointed out something really cool to me that I hadn't put two and two together about, um, which it, is it the was, Corpus Christi celebration. Yeah, and it's a little bit of, um, you know, there's a there's a term for this, confirmation bias, where you're, like, looking for signs of things. But this was a, it was interesting and poetic to me that Corpus Christi was the first mass that we took him to because um, four years ago, Lauren and I went to Rome on a vacation and we, it was kind of a, we call it the, we call it the pilgrimage part of our vacation of that. We were in Rome and we went to all these churches and we did all these things. And, um, it was during the Feast of Corpus Christi, which we didn't know, but we were told by a seminarian at the American college there that the Pope was going to do mass. And I thought, no way we can't get in. And he, well, he didn't know the ticket situation. So he's like, but there's a hillside. You can just go watch and go stand at the fence and watch. And so, you know, we, being the adventurous ones we are, we, we went and we walked this, like, four miles, whatever it was, across Rome to make it to this, um, uh, to this mass. And it was the Feast of Corpus Christi. It was the 750th anniversary of Corpus Christi by Pope Francis as our favorite. Um, St. John's Church in Rome. Yeah. And as we're standing along the fence, we see them open up a whole section, and we were able to go in. And they just opened up this area. It was all like priests and and sisters and all these things. And they opened up this area, and we got to go in and celebrate mass. And so, to you know, sort of poetically, four years Stum- later, we stumbled upon that. Yeah, yeah, we stumbled upon that. And then, to you know, timing wise, you know, later, four years later, we're at our first mass with our adopted son, and it's also the feast of Corpus Christi. So I think. Um, Laura and I have decided that the Feast of Corpus Christi kind of has a special place in our hearts now. Yeah, we didn't realize it at the time, right, buddy? Um, it's really special when stuff like that happens. And you're right, maybe there's a little confirmation bias there. But uh, the the gospel that day was about um, about uh, planning for the the last feast, the, the last supper, and mm-hmm. the 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 I'm like butchering it because I'm not that good of a Catholic. But um, it was a situation where who was like, okay, go and look for this man who's going to have this specific thing, and he'll show you to the room we've prepared for you. Oh, yeah, the re- so the reading. Yeah, yeah. T- help uh, me out, Catholic school boy. Yeah, 12 years Catholic school. Woo! Um, so it's the story of when, uh, of the, of before the Last Supper, you know, very briefly, Jesus tells the disciples, go, in, go into the town and you'll find a mule. And when you ha- find the mule, like, go into the house and ask the master of the house, you know, where's the room that's prepared for us? And he'll show you an upper room, and that's yes. where they have the Last Supper. Um, so I'm sitting here close, hearing, this, hearing this reading that we've heard ever, a ton, mm-hmm. and um, it occurs to me that there's some parallels. Again, confirmation bias, but not really. There's some parallels here to what we've just been through. We've uh, you know, come across the country with this uncertainty and been told to ask for a person's name, and that that person's name then will direct us to a room, and then that room we will meet our son, and then we will be given our own hospital room to go... And to start this journey with little Max. And he's smiling right now. He for, the rest, for the rest of his life. For the rest of his life. So it was just kind of, there was a lot of 
serendipitous confirmation bias, but also I believe very much the Holy Spirit at work in yeah, just that in what we experience at Mass. Just and, that go and trust yeah. and and good things will be shown. Man, our past selves are so wise. <laughs> so much wisdom so in that much wisdom. tired, zombie-like I don't even remember sitting that... at a kitchen table in an Airbnb. Yeah, I don't even remember that you said that and that I said that. And I forgot about it until I was listening to it to prepare for this episode. Yeah, well, and I think obviously in retrospect we can look back and be like, yes, good things will be shown as now we are nine months in with Max. And great things have been shown. And I think that that all goes back to this idea of sort of trusting in the process of both adoption and growing your career or your business or your marriage or anything. If you put in the work and you're willing to fight for what you want or be patient to let the process play out, you stretch and grow in the process. Well, as we talked about last time, it's when you're in it, it feels forever and forever forever <laughs> what is that i'm quoting sandlot. that sandlot thank sandlot. you i watched it a lot when i was a kid on vhs by the way i think that it was fun for me to listen back on that the, the thing that really sticks out to me i don't think that it was confirmation bias i know we said that maybe in our sleepy selves we didn't really want to just like believe that it was the holy spirit or that it was exactly how it was played out but, but it was pretty crazy it was. to realize in that moment that we were in Rome for that feast. And then a couple years later. Four years later. Four years later, on the first Sunday with our son that we went to church, it was the same feast. It was crazy. I mean, we we missed a weekend of... Um, of church because we didn't realize it was even Sunday, you know. Wait, and... this means this is part of the plan. Oh. This, this is part of God's plan. We're supposed to miss mass. We're week. supposed to miss mass. <laughs> I'm going with that. All one. the Catholics out there are going to stop listening. <laughs> it's fine, but um, the we missed the first week. It was Memorial Day weekend, and we totally missed it. We had a two day old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we weren't going to go to mass, and we just no. But we decided after being there a week that not only. We wanted to go, but we needed to go because we needed something to hold on to. And in the worry and anxiety we felt about finalizing things and when we were going to leave and all that. And so we were looking at mass times and every mass time that we had planned to go to, we missed throughout the morning. So we wound up at this Surprise, one. Surprise. Max doesn't adhere to his schedule. And we yet. don't either. And we ended up at this one. And it was actually it was cool. the mass was super long um, and Max did really great. And but the reading that day just I I looked at Scott. I remember like grabbing him like, this is us. This is exactly what we just did. Only it wasn't like the room for the last supper. Yeah, it's like we're here right now. It was the room for our to meet our son. And I just it, it gives me goosebumps because I think it wasn't confirmation bias. It was actually our lives. Yeah. So that's just a beautiful thing. And so what do you think the takeaway is from our past selves as we grow and stretch into our future selves? I think it's really about following the clues in front of you as best you can. Uh, I really think all we could do as we went through this whole process was take each day and each decision for what it was and what we knew at the time and follow it and trust it. And when we got different information to shift as, as best we knew, um, 
but... And I think it was cool that we documented it. So I guess I would also say that. Document it however you see fit, whether it's video or photo or audio or... Yeah, we actually do have a book. We, we have a book uh, for, for Max that... <laughs> I thought um, you were going to say we're, we're, we have a book. I'm like, we haven't written a book. <laughs> we have a book. Buy now. It's just released on Amazon. <laughs> Someday. Yeah. Someday. Um, but... Uh, you know, we we did this in a couple different ways, and that was the, the original reason we started recording out in California is we wanted to just document these things for Max as he got out there. And then uh, as we look back at them, we find things like this, and we're thinking about it now. It's like, wow, these are amazing. I'm so um, glad that we recorded that. We also have an adoption book for Max that- um, We need to update. <laughs> we are behind on, but we really updated the first few months, and both of us wrote in it, and so it's both of our voices, you know, just for Max to read as he gets older of what he was like as a baby in our, in our words, in our handwriting. Yeah, well, here's to stretching and growing, Scott. Many more years to come. Yep, every day. Every day. And that does it for episode six of Ready or Not. As always, please send questions and feedback to feedback at readyornotpodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. In fact, we're in the process now of we're going to continue publishing an episode each week with different topics, but we'd love to hear from you about what you would like to hear about. Let us know. We've already got plans to talk to our parents about becoming grandparents, um, drug exposure, and other non-ideal scenarios with adoptions. We'd like to get an adoptee's perspective on this show to hear from them as well as talk to other couples that are running businesses together and get their tips on the dynamics of what their marriage is like and what it's like for them to balance a family if they have one, um, as well as strategic planning, which is a very buzzy business word. But we'd love to hear what you'd like to hear about, and we'll plan our podcasts accordingly. We'll see you next time here on Ready or Not. This podcast was recorded in our closet studio in Midtown Memphis, Tennessee, edited by me, Lauren Reedy, graphic designed by Brody Kuhar, and hosted by the OAM Network. The OAMnetwork.com. Power to the podcast.